It's time to go under the hood with the Indy Fuel. Welcome to another edition of Under the Hood with the Indy Fuel. I am the broadcast voice of the Fuel, Andrew Smith. We've hit the halfway point of the 2019-20 season with the Indy Fuel sitting at 19-16-1 through 36 games, sitting in fourth place in playoff position in the ECHL Central Division and just two points back of third place Fort Wayne and just five back of second place Toledo. The good news as well is that for much of the remainder of the season, the Fuel will spend it on home ice. Of the 36 games remaining, 21 will be played at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum, including the next six and nine of the next 11 contests on friendly ice. And for a team that's been spending some time on the road, especially early in the season with two long road trips in November, the home confines have been pretty good to the fuel, but so is Toledo here recently. The fuel coming into this week, having swept three consecutive games in Toledo, finishing off last weekend's three and three with a five to two victory up at the Huntington Center and then going back to Toledo for back to back games this weekend. Friday night, the fuel knocked off the walleye four to three in the first shootout of the season. Liam Coughlin got the game's first goal, and then Alex Router and Alex Krushelniski each had a goal and an assist for the Fuel, giving Indy a 3-1 to lead. Toledo came back to tie the game, but the Fuel went 2-2 two for two in the shootout, and Toledo 0-2 for two as Charles Williams stopped both shots, and Alex Krushelniski and Bobby McIntyre both scored in the shootout to give Indy the victory. And then on Saturday night, the Fuel win 3-2. to two. Jay Dickman, Joe Sullivan, and Alex Router Gave the Fuel a 3 to nothing lead. Alex's goal was a shorty. He also had an assist for back-to-back two-point nights in Toledo. Dan Bacala got the start in goal for the Fuel. And for the second time in eight days, knocked off the walleye in Toledo, stopping 34 of 36 shots. So Indy's now three games above 500 and coming home for, as we mentioned, six consecutive games. couple of other notes. Connor McDonald, who was picked up last week, picked up his first professional point on Saturday as he had an assist on the first goal of the game. Charles Williams has won three of his last four starts. Dan Backel is 2-0 and since joining the Fuel on New Year's Day. And the Fuel playing well in the midpoint of the season, and they've kind of continued their role. The ECHL All-Star Classic is coming up Wednesday. Spencer Watson is the Fuel's representative. Currently, Spencer is in Rockford with the Ice Hawks. He has been all week. He is the fastest player in Fuel history to score 20 goals. Has 20 goals and 19 assists on the year. He's currently one of several Fuel players up with the Ice Hogs, but he is right now the Fuel's representative. That game will be Wednesday, January 22nd at 8 o'clock in Wichita, and it will be televised on NHL Network with Tommy Daniels of Allen, Jason Malls of Wichita, and former NHL coaching and general managing vet Neil Smith on the call. So make sure you enjoy that and see Spencer play in the ECHL All-Star Classic next Wednesday night. Before then, though, we got a lot of hockey to be played as the Indy Fuel have three games this week all at home. It kicks off a six-game homestand for the Fuel on Thursday night 
It's our PNC Bank Kids Club Takeover Night. All kids eat free with your paid admission. The Fuel taking on the Florida Everblades. It's the first time since December 5th, 2014, when the Everblades came and knocked off the Fuel 7-6. There's not a single player on either team that will be playing in this game tomorrow night. That was a game, though, even though the Fuel lost, they had a number of players post three-point nights. Mike Duco, the Fuel's first captain, had two goals and an assist. Nick Brunito and Matthew Brisebois had three assists in that game. That was also notable in that Indy native Jordan Tibbet got in, played the third period, stopped five shots for the Fuel. So basically, this is the first visit by Florida since... Literally the first month and a half, the Indy Fuel were playing hockey. And so that'll be a big game Thursday night, the Florida Everblades visit. Friday night, the Fuel will take on the Rapid City Rush, a 7.35 p.m. face-off on Craft Beer Night. And then Saturday, always one of the special nights of the year, it's Blackhawks Night as the Wheeling Nailers visit the Indiana Farmers Coliseum, a 6.05 face-off. The Madhouse on Madison returns to the Indiana Farmers Coliseum, and you can close your eyes and feel yourself in the Madhouse on Madison when Jim Cornelison sings the national anthem. Dave Boland will be our guest Saturday night. Of course, Nick Olchek and I will have all the broadcasts for you starting about 15 minutes prior to the puck dropping on IndieFuelHockey.com slash radio and ECHL.TV. And then, of course, the Fuel returning home next weekend for a Friday and Saturday home game. And then the following Thursday night as well on January 30th, the Fuel home. Then they'll be on the road on Friday the 31st and then back home on Saturday the 1st. So a lot of hockey to be played in a very short amount of time. A lot of chances to see the Fuel at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum in the back half of January. Six consecutive home games over the next three weekends. It's time to meet our guest on this edition of Under the Hood, Indy Fuel goaltender Charles Williams. Charles is a native of Canton, Michigan. He's in his third full professional season, his first with the Indy Fuel. He played his first two years in Manchester with the Monarchs, played for head coach Doug Christensen last year. He was the team starter in the playoffs, starting all 11 postseason games for the Monarchs and leading them into the second round this year for the Fuel. 13-8-1, a 9.09 save percentage, a 2.84 goals against average. And Charles has just done an outstanding job in net for the Fuel. He had a shutout in his first home appearance in the Fuel's home opener back on October 25th against Cincinnati, stopping 22 shots. And since November 30th, essentially since Thanksgiving, he is 10-2-1. and and he's just done a fantastic job on the ice, off the ice. He's somebody that every single player I talk to describes how great of a teammate he is and how much positivity he brings to the locker room and somebody I always enjoy seeing around the rink. And so here is our conversation with Indy Fuel goaltender Charles Williams. Charles, first of all, we're exactly at the halfway point of the 2019-20 season, 36 games down, 36 to go. And how has your first year here in Indy gone, and uh, what are you looking forward to in the second half of the season? Yeah, no, the first year has been great. Um, my wife and I, we love it here in Indy. The community is awesome. Uh, our team, the coaching staff, and um, everyone behind the scenes does a great job here, and it's a great organization. I think that's shown all year, and uh, that's something to you know, to be fortunate that I'm, I'm a part of. And, um, yeah, I said the first half, I think it – we're definitely starting to pick it up now and finding our identity on the ice. And uh, it's definitely shown as of late. And 
looking forward to continue that in this next half of the of the season uh, for this playoff push. So it's really exciting. The nice thing as well, 21 of your remaining uh, 36 games are at home. How nice is it, especially after the long road trips you've had to take early in the year, to be home uh, for much of the rest of the season? Yeah, that's fantastic. You, you can't draw it up any other way. I know uh, those rough uh, road trips were um, tough, but it, it was definitely a learning experience for all of us and i think it, it actually helped us out and we were able to learn from it and take the uh just different things and different battles adversity challenges that we faced to be able to take advantage of being at home here with the six game home stand and like you said um 21 home games left so uh it's great for this time of the year where the sun's starting to come out a little more and uh, you know we're getting closer to playoff time so it's definitely going to be huge in the long run we talk about playoff time and just being at home, but how much did those early road trips, especially the ones in November, and you battled through a little bit of adversity during that time, how much did that really help with team bonding and just bringing a team together as you've got a lot of new players coming from a lot of different places and coming together as one? Yeah, I think uh, the biggest thing with that is that we didn't change anything in terms of uh, you know, all of us getting along and, um, you know, frustrations. Except there wasn't much of that. It, it was pretty much the same thing. We, you know, every day we were trying to get better, um, you know, practicing hard, playing hard. And a lot of those games were just third period mishaps, one goal games. And um, we didn't take it too much of a burden, but we actually used it to our advantage and um, continued to, to just work and, and try and see what, uh, what we can do to get better. And uh, I think that was the biggest thing, you know, when you go through your highs and lows that, you know, we stayed neutral um, through it all. And I think that really helped us along here to uh, look on the bright side of things and, and, and start winning and um, getting, like I said, a lot of different guys contributing to our team success. And I think that's most important. So that is definitely something that we can take a part of that uh, losing streak and uh, going through all that adversity uh, on the road there. And you get a unique view of uh, what happens on the ice. How much have you seen uh, the guys in front of you really kind of come together and their their play kind of gel as the year has gone on, especially as you've gotten on a roll in December and January? Yeah, I mean, essentially, it's like I said, it's the little things, the details that we've talked about all year. And I think uh, myself included have uh, really paid a lot more attention to those details and, and therefore has led us to being on the right side of those one goal games or those two goal games or keeping a lead or coming back down from a lead you know I think sticking to your uh you know not getting too high too low has helped our team a lot um and just stay in the course through the sort of 60 minute game has allowed us to uh yeah like I said be on the on the, on the better side of the of the win and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's probably the biggest thing is just staying neutral, not getting too high or too low, um, allowed us to uh, just play a full hard 60 minute game. And it's been giving us the, um, you know, the good bounces and uh, come away with wins. So it's been great. Everybody I talked to that played with you in Manchester last year has played with you in the past. The first thing they say is that you're a great teammate, a great guy to play with What is that like uh, for you to, really be a leader and how much of that is your personality just really enjoying being around the other guys yeah i mean i in my uh the way i think of it is like this is something that uh i've been dreaming since i was a little kid and 
uh, I don't, you know, forget that, and I love to enjoy it every day. So uh, I do like coming to the rink with a smile and a coffee and uh, just enjoying uh, you know, playing the game I played when I was young with, you know, a lot of my good friends, and it just really makes for a good atmosphere in the locker room. And uh, I love competing and, and and playing hockey and doing my best. So um, I think, yeah, all around it, just uh, with the great group of guys that we have, and you just mesh so well. And I've obviously played with a lot of the guys, like you said, in match before, so that makes it a lot easier for my wife and I to come here. Um, with another big move to Indiana. So it's all just been really heartwarming and uh, with the community being so welcoming, it's just been a, a really a good time and a blast. So I, I really enjoy every day. What was last off season like? Because we knew that uh, the Manchester franchise was going to be disbanding after the year. And uh, what was it like for you kind of having a little bit of uncertainty and then uh, getting the opportunity to come here to Indy with coach Doug? Yeah, I mean, uh, so as soon as that happened, I said it was, it was shocking, but, uh, the, uh, owners and, uh, general managers was, were talking to us towards the end of the last year, letting us know that it could be a possibility. There's rumors going around. So I definitely had to plan for, um, just in case it were to happen. And, uh, when it did, I was actually fortunate enough uh, to get, um, some calls from teams, you know, right away, um, with opportunity to play uh, in the East Coast League. Um, so that was definitely nice, you know, knowing that, uh, you know, you're wanted after, you know, things kind of go down like that. You're not sure what's going to happen. So um, that was a good feeling. And when Doug told me he was going to be going to Indiana, you know, immediately in my in my heart, it was a no-brainer um, just because he's a great guy. He's done so well by uh, my teammates and their spouses and families. And uh, I know what he preaches. So, um, and I know what he's capable of. So it's, it's definitely no question to, uh, uh, follow him. And, uh, like I said, I've enjoyed every minute of it. So he's a great coach and a great guy. And, uh, so yeah, as soon as I found out he was going to Indy, um, he reached out and we had to sit down and, um, yeah, so uh, definitely the right fit and the right, uh, decision for sure. Being a Michigan native, is it nice to be back in the Midwest and be a little closer to home? Oh yeah, no question. It's, it's been a blessing. I've been able to see so much family that I haven't been able to see during the year, uh, in a long time. Um, and as I said, my, my wife's family from Akron, Ohio, my brother's in Detroit and I have all my family's in Detroit. So, uh, three, four hours away, they've gone to seeing, you know, Toledo and Fort Wayne and obviously here in Indiana, family here in Indiana as well. Um, my dad's side. So it's just been a blessing to, it was definitely great out east, but it's really nice to be close to home and um, uh, for my wife as well, to be close to family and see her friends and family and stuff, too. So it's definitely the, the right decision. I'm really glad that uh, it all worked out. What have uh, you and your wife enjoyed most about being here in Indianapolis, just being part of the community? Uh, I would say the biggest thing, honestly, is... Uh, uh, she actually works uh, at the uh, this daycare called the Family Place right behind the apartments, which is which is awesome because it's really close. And she's been able to uh, meet friends and, and different families uh, here in Indiana, and um, so that's been awesome for her. And um, but I'd say for both of us, I'd honestly say just a a new fresh start. We're looking to uh, hopefully um, get a house here uh, in the area and kind of set our foundation here and. We just heard such great things about the uh, um, 
just the the area, the school districts, the um, uh, you know restaurants and, and downtown. There's so much to do, um, and just being close uh, to our to our families has been great. Um, so yeah, I, I honestly just say just you know being a being a part of the culture here has been has been great, and we enjoy it and peaceful and weather hasn't been too snowy. So uh, yeah, it's been great. Go back to your college career. You spent three years at Ferris State or four years and three years playing and then had the opportunity to go to Canisius as a grad transfer your senior year and you had a tremendous year. How did that year you had at Canisius, uh, how did everything kind of come together for you that year? Yeah, um, so that was interesting. Uh, as soon as I graduated from Ferris State, I had made the decision that I had one year left and that I wanted to see what else was out there um, since I had graduated. And um, there was really no, you know, it was a pretty easy process. There was no hard feelings. I had talked to the coach and obviously I had went four years, um, one year that I was hurt that I hadn't really been playing much. So, um, you know, he understood and, you know, worked hard every day and enjoyed the, the team, the team there and the school there. Um, but uh, that, my opportunity probably wasn't going to be from there. So, um, yeah, I reached out to him for the few teams and he came back to me with, uh, Canisius where assistant coach at the time, um, coach large, he had been a Ferris alumni, um, played there years prior. And, um, so as I connected with him and then connected with the head coach and next thing you know, I was taking my master's classes, you know, two weeks after I graduated. Um, so it happened very quick, and, but it was very exciting, um, knowing that I had a, you know, fresh start, new opportunity there at Canisius and was going to be able to go in right away and, um, you know, compete for the number one spot and had a great summer, um, skated and trained hard. And, uh, yeah, nice thing, you know, our first game, I think that year was against North Dakota where they'd be raising the banner and stuff. And, um, and then the game went good, uh, we lost, but uh, it was definitely a good um, opportunity, and uh, it kind of started from there. And yeah, we had a great team and just great group of guys, great culture, and uh, I think we all were in the same boat trying to show, you know, essentially the country what we're made of. And it was just a you know, great year to be a part of uh, there at Canisius. And when you lead the nation in save percentage, you lead the nation in shutouts. That's got to be pretty special. Is it a year where? You were just seeing the puck really well, and your teammates were allowing you to see the puck, and you just got into a groove. Yeah, that's literally it. Uh, my team did a great job, and uh, just making my job easy. And uh, we were working; we we're all working every day uh, to get better. Um, we had all kinds of, you know, uh, resources, skating coaches, uh, trainers, goalie coaches. Uh, you know, even in the um, uh, film sessions, yeah, I think. The way that we just went about, uh, it was almost like a professional standpoint, the way that we went about hockey and schooling. Uh, they just did it right and it just felt really good. And, uh, therefore the plays on the ice were just a, a bystander of, you know, the work that we put in, uh, behind the scenes. So it, it was just a special team, um, and a special thing to be a part of. And, and especially our goalie group, there was four guys, four of us. Uh, with a goalie coach, Mike Nepsa, who we all had a great relationship and allowed all of us to, you know, compete and get better and watch each other and learn. So it was just a great, 
yeah, it was just a great year. And cause I really enjoyed that, you know, that year there, Canisius. You were a Hobie Baker finalist that year. What did that mean to you to be uh, considered for and to have an opportunity to, uh, to be considered for such a prestigious award? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, I, uh, like I said, being a Ferris, not playing much, it was just great that I knew that I was going to be, I was able to play at that level. Um, didn't know how good it was going to go, but I know that, uh, I was able to play at that level and just wanted to show my chance, uh, and see and, and kind of go from there. And, and the fact that, uh, you know, you're playing and, and you're hearing all these things going around and it's definitely exciting and it's a blessing to be able to, uh, you know, be up with some of those names, uh, who are on, you know, the Hobie Baker list and stuff. And it, it was definitely something that, uh, wasn't you know one of my goals but the fact that uh, it was be able to talk about um talk about that w- w- was almost uh breathtaking um very exciting but just again it was another byproduct to what the work that we put in uh you know honestly together as a team um uh with the team defense to the goalie coach to all four of us goalies competing and you know working hard every day so uh, yeah, it was definitely a blessing, and it was just nice to be able to um, kind of sh- just, you know, show what I could do. Um, that was the only thing I wanted to do, just have one more chance to show what I could do uh, my last year there at college hockey, so I was glad that it turned out well. How did that set the table for your pro career? Because you finished out uh, that season in Manchester, and then in the couple off-seasons you've had since, how much has your game improved, and and how much have you worked on it to improve your game? in each off season since uh, you turned pro. Yeah, that was a huge stepping stone for me uh, that year in terms of having opportunity to play in different summer leagues and, and work with different goalie coaches, um, especially uh, in Michigan there at the Detroit Sports Academy. I was working with uh, A.J. Walczak, uh, Manny Legacy, and they really helped me out tremendously uh, in terms of just confidence and getting that that uh, ground game foundation back, and uh, just working on so many things, you know, each and every day. Um, it just really helped me just battle and compete. And uh, after the confidence and and stuff and the numbers that I saw from year to year, how they were improving, it was just a no brainer to continue to work with them and and get better each and every year. Um, and then this past summer, I was in Ohio working with Neil Conway and. Uh, the goaltending there in Cleveland, Ohio, and it, it's just a position where you can continue to to grow and learn and get better and challenge yourself. And um, after I continued to see the numbers and um, just how I felt on the ice, uh, on ice, off ice, in the games, uh, it was something that I wanted to, that I fell in love with, and I wanted to continue to get better and continue to prove myself. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a huge stepping stone um, that senior year. And, and then, uh, just having opportunities to play. Um, and, uh, coach Rich Sealy allowed me to play my first year. Um, and then Doug came along the next year and, you know, here we are now, but it's just been yeah, a blessing and to just be able to compete and play the game that I love. So, yeah, it's been huge. Growing up in Michigan, the, uh, the hockey culture in Michigan is tremendous and you've got some great youth programs, many of which you played for, uh, that have been supported by, uh, CompuWare and Mike Illich and Little Caesars. And how much uh, did that hockey culture that you grew up with really help prepare you and develop you as a player? Yeah. They, uh, 
yeah, going back to the AAA days, uh, it was a lot of fun traveling with uh, your best buddies and, you know, a lot of guys now are NHL, you know, all over AHL, overseas and stuff. And uh, being in Michigan, you're kind of right in the middle of it. Um, uh, and I didn't know that right away. I didn't start playing uh, ice hockey until I was about 12, 13 years old. So I um, realized quick how serious it got, you know, once I started to get 14, 15 years old with scouts coming to games and, you know, got your guys committing to go to college and stuff. And, you know, I just learned how to tie my first pair of skates yeah, a couple of years prior. Uh, so it was definitely, uh, you know, quick adjustment. But after I, you know, found out and, and learned, um, tried to do the best I could, I it definitely was great to be around those group of guys who, uh, you know, were really talented and really good and uh, got to compete with some of the best of them. So uh, it was definitely, you know, a great, uh, great way to grow up to play hockey. Um, and I think it'll always be like that. So yeah, that was, it was definitely huge. Just kind of being in the right place at the right time was, uh, was everything. So uh, I definitely enjoyed that when I was younger. How did you get into playing hockey? Uh, so uh, the story is always kind of blurry to me, but I believe it was actually my, my school. We, my, uh, once we, my family, we moved, um, and, I, we went on like a field trip, uh, and I think it was, uh, we went skating or, you know, played hockey or something like that, went to an ice rink, and my teacher told my m- mom that I was pretty good, and you know, she didn't believe her at first, she's like, no, no, he's actually really good, so she went out and got me like skates and stuff, and, uh, we had a pond in our backyard, and, um, I believe she, before she knew it, I was out there just, you know, just skating around, and she told me to wait until she got back to get my brother some skates, and I was already out there skating, buzzing around, uh, having fun. So, uh, I think that was, that's kind of how it all started. <clears throat> and then how did you get into playing goal? Uh, goal, yeah, that was so my, my brother and I were, um, we were on the same team, uh, growing up when we first started playing and we both were, were playing player and, uh, you know, our team, we'd be pretty good. My brother and I would be doing pretty well. And, uh, and this was, a, this was roller hockey at the time. And, um, our goalie would be letting in, you know, 16, 17 goals. We'd be losing, you know, by one or two. So I figured it was, all right, I'll, I'll try and stop him if, you know, if you keep scoring. So that's what we did. And, and the next thing I know, I fell out, started feeling in love with the, with the goalie gear and, uh, it, it kind of stuck. And my brother was, was scoring and I was making some saves and, uh, we started winning and turning it around. So, uh, I enjoyed it. And so did he and my parents did too that we were winning. So. Um, it made it tough to change. So uh, once that happened, I, I really started, like I said, getting obsessed with the, with the gear and, uh, enjoying, uh, making saves and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's been like that ever since. What is the feeling as a goalie of making a big save or when you're able to make that big post to post move and rob somebody uh, on a cross ice pass or stop a breakaway or like, uh, last week, uh, win a shootout in Toledo? Yeah. No, I, it's exciting. I think the most exciting thing is just, you know, seeing your boys come to you after the game, um, you know, with, uh, honestly, win or a loss, you know, they come to you, but when you win, they, you know, really excited and jumping on you. We're all joking and laughing, having a good time. And, uh, just, you know, them acknowledging, uh, just the little things that it takes, maybe like I said, to make a save or, uh, to make a read, you know, in the, in the shootout there. And, uh, 
uh, I really enjoy shootouts and, and that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The feeling is just the, the feeling that, uh, when I first fell in love with was, uh, seeing the look on their faces that, you know, after you make a big save, uh, the look of, uh, confusion or, you know, uh, uh, how did you make that save was what really got me hooked and, uh, to try and do things that, uh, uh, that may not look natural. Uh, you see a lot of goalies making some crazy saves in the NHL. So I just think it, the confidence, the swagger, um, plays a huge part of it. But yeah, I would say the look on their faces after you make the save is definitely a big one for me. Who were uh, some of your biggest influences uh, growing up? And is there anybody you try to pattern your game after as you were uh, growing up as a goaltender? Yeah. Um, when I was younger, uh, I'm big. The biggest one was Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, even till this day, um, he's someone who has such a good attitude and um, mindset uh, and approach to the game, uh, as well as his obviously his performance shows that year after year. Um, and he's someone who just has a lot of fun out there as well. And that's someone who I try and you know, look at myself after. And Yuse uh, Saros is another one who's more relatable just because he's a smaller goalie and is still able to compete with the best of them and, and do well year after year as well. Um, so I would say those two are probably my two goalies, the flurry growing up and then sorrows like now as I'm seeing, you know, um, how tough it is for smaller goalies and um, in the NHL, AHL and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I'd say those two are probably the two that uh, I look up most when I'm, just, you know, watching highlights or stuff, I always look out for those two and see how they're doing and what they're up to um, and just how they're playing. Yeah, as a goaltender who's got a couple of years of experience now, you get an opportunity occasionally in the ECHL to work with some younger guys. How much do you take uh, a lot of the rookies uh, under your wing and kind of help them along and just learn pro hockey and especially uh, working with Chase Marchand uh, this year as a rookie, uh, kind of going through the pro hockey thing his first time? Yeah, no, he's, you know, Marsh is a, a huge, uh, huge into just working. You know, he's great goalie and, um, he's someone who is able to soak it in like a sponge. And that's the biggest thing as a pro hockey player is to be able to just take in, uh, and learn. Like I was up in, uh, Ontario last year and I got to work with Budai and Cal Peterson. Um, and I was just taking in everything he had to say. You know, he, sometimes Budai would pull me aside and, and tell me that, you know, I, I can work on being on top of pucks and staying big uh, as opposed to going back on my heels. And, um, you know, if, you know, say someone like my dad said that, I'll try to argue him. But, you know, Budai, you're not going to argue, you know. So, um, I, yeah, really just keeping your ears open and, and knowing that you can only get better and, and improve is something that, I think is a tough, but very beneficial, um, component to, you know, developing your game. And Marsh, you know, continues to do that day after day. Um, and he's, and he's working hard. So it's definitely, it's awesome. And, and even myself, you know, having backs, um, <clears throat> with us here, uh, you know, he's, he's, you know, seen a lot played overseas and, and I did the same thing. I you know, looked up to him and, and just kind of listen to what he has to say and we kind of bounce all our ideas off and, you know, just talk, just talk hockey and, and talk situation stuff. And, 
Um, it just helps us all and benefits us all and, and, you know, makes us all compete to be our best. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely look at it as, you know, being a third year guy, um, just <clears throat> kind of giving our insight on, you know, what we see and what we've done, uh, that we've been through a few things. So it's definitely something that, uh, our younger guys take advantage of as well. Uh, cause like I said, we got a great young, you know, a rookie group as well. And, and they, they like, so they want to listen and get better and play every night. So, um, <clears throat> going through the, the highs and the lows with them. And, um, it's definitely something that they have, um, been thankful for it. And we as well to be able to have such, uh, you know, a young group who are, who are open to listening and, and constructive criticism and, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, definitely. You've had a chance to play a few American hockey league games in Hartford. And then uh, last year out in California and Ontario, what were those like for you? What did it mean to you to get that call up and have that opportunity? Uh, it was, it was great. It was a, another dream come true. Um, you playing the American league, um, was something that my first year I was like, Oh wow, this is, this is crazy. Uh, and then, you know, second year I was like, okay, this is, this is my goal now. Um, and then, you know, you just want to continue to push that goal and, and see, you know, where you can take it, you know, each year. Um, so, the, it, it was definitely eye opener my first year, um, you know, knowing that, okay, wow, I need to get bigger. I need to get faster. Um, and, you know, I need to, this and this and that. So, um, definitely went to the drawing board, um, the, the next summer and just wanted to be prepared and, and ready, um, to not only, you know, get the call up, but, uh, to do well and, and do the best that I could. And, uh, it definitely paid off. Um, last year in Ontario, with my family being in Ontario as well was, you know, awesome. It was dream country being able to go home, have a home cooked meal and, you know, go to the games and stuff. So, um, it was, it was, it was great. I enjoyed it and definitely learned a lot. Like you said, from it, from the guys there and the goalies there and the goalie coaches. And, um, so yeah, it was, it was a great environment there. Uh, you know, having to be 75 and sunny every day. So with the beach right there, I can't complain much. Um, but no, I, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, definitely thankful for the opportunity and hopefully uh, there's another one around the corner. So, And you know, coming into this year, you were about to head to Rockford or headed to Rockford for training camp and then uh, ended up uh, spending a lot of training camp being checked out for, for a heart murmur and uh, being tested and everything's fine. But how much did that kind of change your perspective uh, coming into this year and make you grateful for uh, what you have? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot. Um, yeah, not gonna lie. It was, uh, a lot of it, you know, uh, at first is, was, I wasn't thinking that way. I was really nervous and, uh, kind of just thinking about a lot and it just kind of had a lot going on at the time. And, um, yeah, so it wasn't up until, you know, I'd say a month or so later where I really started to appreciate and, and, and not be so nervous about what was going on, you know, with my heart and was able to just get back to and playing and enjoying and not wondering if, oh, wow, is this because of this or that because of that? Um, and then, yeah, I, I really started to, yeah, I really just started to, I was at the rank longer and, you know, just taking the time and, and being around the guys longer and um 
it definitely gave me a new appreciation of the game um, and look at it in a different way, uh, you know, for good. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was, like I said, it was just a huge eye-opener uh, knowing, you know, I was kind of frustrated, too. I wasn't going to Rockford's camp, um, and I thought I kind of felt behind the eighth wall because of that. It was off, you know, I wasn't able to skate or work out that whole week. You know, my guys were at camp and stuff and kind of thought that I kind of hit the ground a little slower than I would have liked to um, with all that. But uh, like I said, after I had a good talk with Doug, um, I believe it was in Atlanta this year. And um, that ever since then, it it's kind of really helped me after talking it out, um, just kind of get back to to plan and just knowing that, uh, you know, you're wanted and, uh, uh, you know, that we need you and, and all that kind of stuff. So it, it was definitely a huge eye opener and it kind of threw me through a lot of, um, that lot of loops. But, uh, after it was able, things kind of slowed down and calmed down, I was able to just kind of get back to, you know, who I am and, and kind of move forward. So it was definitely a blessing in disguise and, um, yeah, something that I'm glad that was that was okay and was able to play. And I can tell just from talking to you, two things really important. You you can tell your family is important and and faith is important to you as well. And you know how much do those uh, really motivate you? And uh, and you know how important are they to you? Oh yeah, they're they're very very important in my life. Uh, in my head, I I know I probably shouldn't be here, um, but through those. Um, my family and my faith, uh, I believe I'm still standing here because of that. And, um, that's part of the reason why I do, um, just work every day and think and enjoy, um, you know, since I was younger, just every day, uh, being able to do what I love, um, and do it, um, at a high level. Uh, it's really just a blessing. And, uh, I just, I know with those, I can continue to try and get better and better. Um, and I know I've seen what it has done um, firsthand, just being at Ferris and then jump to Canisius um, with being lost distance with at my time, uh, Camille, who's now my wife, but at the time I was a girlfriend, you know, doing four or five years long distance, which was tough at Ferris to make that big jump. But, you know, it was all faith and, and my family supported me. Uh, to continue to be where I am here today. So, um, yeah, that's something that I also love to continue to grow, um, my family and my faith. And it's taken me a long ways, and uh, and I've been able to knock down things that I didn't think I'd be able to, um, you know, due to those. So, um, yeah, it's definitely big in my life. And, um, yeah, I can't thank them enough uh, for all the support that they've given me through these uh these years of pro in college and just growing up playing hockey so college you know youth ushl echl outside of the indiana farmers coliseum because that's the easy answer what is your favorite building to play in oh uh favorite building <clears throat> i would say <laughs> i would say uh lincoln uh, in the ushl um, when I, I think when I was a, uh, my first, I wasn't playing, thank God, huh. uh, but I first game when I was in Des Moines, we went to Lincoln and 
Yeah, you go there, they, the fans are on you. They got the light show. Their team is intimidating as it is. Um, it was just, you walked in there and, you know, your hairs were sticking up and kind of forgot how to skate. You know, like they, it, it was nuts. So I would say Lincoln. And then a couple of years later, uh, I was able to play for Lincoln. So it was good to be on the good side of it. But yeah, it was really fun. Lincoln was a great time. I had a blast there. Uh, so I have to say Lincoln is probably my best favorite place to play besides from the Coliseum. <laughs> What's your favorite hockey memory, your favorite hockey moment? Oh, man. Um, favorite hockey moment. I would say I would say my favorite hockey moment is that when I first started, I want to say it was like second second year. Or so and this is this was roller hockey. Uh, I was a big roller hockey back in the day and uh we had played uh i think we went into a shootout or it was overtime and was just making a lot of saves and i was tired and i just remember hearing my mom screaming out saying holy moly what a goalie and in the back of my head when i get tired and it happened in toledo she wasn't there but i heard it in my head uh before the second shooter and it just gave me all the confidence and I didn't feel tired and all the focus in the world. So I'd say that moment, cause that moment comes up quite a bit, you know, and I'm tired and, and, uh, thinking that, you know, you, you know, you can't, you, you can keep going, you can keep doing this. I just think about her in that moment saying that and just uplifting me. <laughs> so I had to say that was the favorite hockey moment. That's awesome. And last question. What's, maybe one thing about you that uh, the fans sitting in the stands uh, might not know, but it's just an interesting thing about Charles Williams. Uh, um, yeah. You know, I guess maybe one thing that they may not know is, is honestly, maybe my, um, uh, my faith, um, uh, a background, just, uh, you know, being a, uh, African-American playing hockey, it takes, um, I've been through some things, you know, just as a player, any player would, but also with race being involved, I've seen a lot of things too. Uh, and just knowing that, yeah, faith allowing me to just, you know, be strong through things and things that you have to face other players may not have to face has allowed me to just embrace being a part of good teams, good culture, good community, um, and knowing that, uh, yeah, just having a smile on goes a long way. So that's why I always like to smile because uh, I know people are going through some things too, and um, I think it's just better for everybody. So, yeah, I just say that that's probably one thing that I would give the fans. <laughs> well, thanks a lot uh, for joining us, Charles Williams, and thanks for your time. Yeah, Andrew, appreciate it a lot. Thanks for having me. And we want to thank Indy Fuel goaltender Charles Williams for joining us on this edition of Under the Hood with the Indy Fuel. Again, three home games this week, Thursday, January 16th, against the Florida Everblades, a 7.05 p.m. faceoff. Friday the 17th against the Rapid City Rush, 7.35 p.m. faceoff. And then Saturday, it's Blackhawks night. The puck drops at 6.05. Be there early to hear Jim Cornelison sing the national anthem. Dave Boland will be joining us as well for Blackhawks night. Always one of the really special nights 
of the year. And then again, the following week, Friday and Saturday, the fuel back home. The following week, Thursday and Saturday, the fuel back home as well. You can get your tickets at all Ticketmaster outlets, as well as the Indiana Farmers Coliseum box office and IndyFuelHockey.com. Want to thank you for joining us on this edition of Under the Hood with the Indy Fuel. Also want to thank Charles Williams for being our guest on this edition of the podcast. I am the broadcast voice of the Indy Fuel, Andrew Smith. Thanks for listening. We'll see you at the rink. Thanks for going Under the Hood with the Indy Fuel. For more, keep visiting IndyFuelHockey.com.